0: Welcome to your online coffee break, where we discuss bite-sized topics that inspire, educate, and entertain. Here's your host, a software innovator, award-winning marketer, and astronomy and space buff, Chuck Fields.
1: Hello, thanks for joining me today for your online coffee break. Today I'd like to welcome my special guest, Butch Patrick. Butch became known worldwide as the iconic TV character, Eddie Munster, the wolf boy with pointed ears on the Munsters. But he started off way before that, and he's been up to a lot ever since, including his own coffee line called Deadly Grounds Coffee. I ran into Butch at Louisville Supercon a few weeks ago and was fascinated to hear his story. I'm glad to share it with you today. Hey, everyone, we have a fantastic coffee giveaway for you today. We're giving away some of Butch Patrick's Deadly Grounds coffee. It's strong and it's delicious. And all you have to do to enter the contest is to share this episode on social media. So share this episode on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by January 15th, 2019, and you just might win some of this delicious coffee. Again, share this episode on social media by January 15th, 2019, and we'll see if you're a winner. Thanks again. Now back to the show. Online coffee break. Butch, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Chuck. Oh, it's an honor to have you here. Now, Butch, we recently met in Louisville, Kentucky at their SuperCon event. And, uh, yeah, that was
0: a great, that was a
1: great show too, wasn't it? Oh, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. It was a great meeting you. And and what I love is is you were sharing some great details and, you know, I want to congratulate you for, you know, being sober now for eight years and you're also a cancer survivor. And wow, just each of those experiences is powerful enough on its own. I I just can't imagine what it was like to go through both. I just wondered (laughs) what, what advice would you give to those out there who are going through their own struggles right now?
0: Well, I'll tell you, the, the thing that got me when I, I now I was out partying for over 40 years. So, you know, at the <laughs> time when I went in, I was offered an olive branch by the gentleman that owned the place. He was a Munster fan. And, um, it came to me, it, the place came to me very, um, it was almost like a divine, uh, divine intervention. Uh, a friend of mine opened up a yellow pages and this place called Oasis just was the first place he saw on the page. Hmm. So he, you know, it wasn't A, B, C. It was this Oasis and he called him. And the admissions officer, Stacy, said, oh, my gosh, she goes, you know, you're know, you going to have to talk to Jim, the owner of the place, because he's been looking for a child celebrity to uh, sponsor because he wants to get the word out about this terrible epidemic that's going on. And he thought, you know, kid actors are targeted because they grew up in, in a sort of in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, not a sense of entitlement, but they, could, they grew up with everybody giving them whatever they wanted. And there was a sort of a, a sense of they could get away with stuff and not have to pay the consequences, which was, in, in a lot of respects is true. Hmm. But for me, what happened was, what I can tell you listeners, is the main thing that got my attention was the education, that you're not weak, it's not a strength situation, it is a disease, and it can be addressed and it can be if properly um, if you're educated to the situation. And that's what got me with the education process. It allowed me to look at things clearly. And then secondary, the fact that there's a master plan and you're right where you're supposed to be in life, so you're not like... Wait, you know, for me, it was like looking back and thought I'd wasted my entire life. That's not the case at all. They, they gave me the, um, the tools to look forward and not to be looking back over your shoulder and doing a coulda, woulda, shoulda situation. Right. More, more so looking forward and saying, this is where I go from here and what good can I do and what, how can I help others and be of service.
1: So yeah, it's just a wonderful outlook. I just love that, and just when we talked to the convention, I just thought that was just so neat. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Now you mentioned, you know, obviously as a child actor, you know, you got a pretty early start. I'd almost love to go back there. And as I understand, you were just eight years old when you made your acting debut in the film The Two Bears. What was it like acting it's, when you were eight years old?
0: You know, it was great. I uh, it's funny too because I actually started a little bit earlier than that, seven. But doesn't you know? I by the time I had actually started the, the filming. I think I did turn eight years old during the, the, uh, the summer. And it, for me, it was just, it was honestly, it was just something unusual to do, like a field trip, maybe for a kid in a school, something, you know, I didn't look at it as a career <laughs> of acting. I looked at it as something that would be fun to do and I look forward to. And I was kind of bored in second grade anyway, because I was <laughs> kind of wise beyond my ears, and uh, wise beyond my weirdness, my years. <laughs> and um, the funny part about it was, is I immediately took a liking to it and I, w- I got along well with the adults in the, you know around the place and I, they used to call me a 39-year-old midget because <laughs> I acted so old for being such a young kid.
1: See, I think that's wonderful too and, you know, you worked alongside, like you said, the adults, some incredible talent. I mean, there was Judy Garland, Mickey Rooney, Walter Brennan, Burt Lancaster. What was it like working with these? I mean, were you starstruck or were you just eight years old Didn't you know, what did you think?
0: Well, you know, the the three rules even in as a kid you learn them really quickly. It's you be, have to be prepared, you know, know your know your dialogue, know your line, be professional and you know, they, you have to do that, which was good for me being older, acting older than my years. I looked younger than I actually was, so you know, I would be playing eight year olds when I was ten year old or eleven year old and then mentally I'd be fifteen or sixteen, so it worked out really well. But the main thing is is once you get to the studio, um you don't really look at the people as a star power thing. You look at them as just um, another person holding a script uh, in front of a camera that you have to read dialogue with mm-hmm. and do a scene. And then when that scene's over, you're done with it forever and you go on and then you find another scene to do with another actor and you do the dialogue thing again. And it's kind of a, a system that at least that I fell into that I just wasn't too starstruck by any of it because, well, number one, I was very young and it was so hard to, to have established a, uh, you know, a a starstruck mentality at that point. Right. I mean, I I enjoyed meeting Walt Disney because I knew who Walt Disney was and Disneyland, but I I didn't really know the person. I just know that this was the guy whose name was attached to the place that I liked the most. So that was fun. Mm -hmm. Um... Sports, sports legends and stuff. Meeting people, I met I met Shura, the astronaut, came on the set of the Munsters. Ooh, I nice. knew him because I had a huge, you know, astronomy book in my pocket and a telescope at home. And oh, you're and speaking my TV. language
1: now, but this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: I know, I, I know that. So, you know, for, for me, that was, I mean, you know, Wally he's the only guy to fly in all three birds. Right. That was huge, you know. So those are the kind of things that I, that, that I gravitated towards. The, the acting stuff and the movie stars, I never really was starstruck. It was more of a job. And we just did our job, went about our business. And then at the end of the day, we went out the studio gates and entered the real world again.
1: See, I, I guess that's what impressed me the most about you, too, because I mean, you had some great projects, even before the Munsters. I mean, you started in, in General Hospital. There was a Kellogg's mm-hmm. award-winning Cornflakes commercial. How, do you land, how did you land such great projects at, at that age? How did you just get it? You seem to understand it so early.
0: You have an agent. Uh, The way my agent came about was accidental. Uh, My little sister was, hey, having some photos taken. So uh, a gentleman that wanted to be mayor of the city that we lived in thought getting my dad's endorsement would be a good way to become the mayor. And what better way to do that than to appease his daughter, his lovely daughter. I was adopted. I mean, he liked me too, but they were going after Michelle. And I went along for the ride, and what happened was the pictures that the guy took of me caught the producer and director's eye in his window, as he was walking, as they were walking down Hollywood Boulevard, and they just happened to have this movie, and they just happened to need a you know, six-, seven-year-old kid, no experience needed. And um, it really was a, a, a series of, the, in, in the terms you uh, you'll like, is look, the planets aligned, yes, and something special <laughs> happened, and I have got this first little part, and I worked six weeks, and I was with Eddie Albert and Jane Wyatt, and, and uh, Should be Sales, and Brenda Lee, and Nancy Culp, so it was a great little wow. starter movie, if you get my feet wet. And that's what really helped the most, because by the time that movie was over, I was not a seasoned veteran, but I certainly wasn't a rookie anymore.
1: That's true. Now, this was all before 1964, which is when, of course, you landed a yeah. role as Eddie Munster. Now, you know, the Munsters is still one of the most popular series in history, and I understand you got, which I understand, tired of talking about it for a while, but now you embrace it. Uh, looking back, what do you like the most about being part of that series?
0: well, you know, it's funny when i when I wrote my book Munster Memories, which was basically sharing all the great stories people have shared with me about growing up with them and being and having an extended family. but my job was the Munsters. So my favorite memory wasn't really on the Munsters, although I did enjoy the work and I enjoyed riding around in the cars, but my favorite my favorite thing to do in that two-year period was to explore Universal Studios when I had free time huh. because that's the that's the best biggest best studio in the world and there was always, Thirty or forty productions at some point of you know uh, d- during their during the production schedule, whether it was just the beginning or the end, but there was always some place to go and there was always some famous people and some interesting things to see. So that was my favorite thing to do was to go explore.
1: Which I think that's still my favorite thing to do when <laughs> we <laughs> go to Universal Studios. Yeah. I love touring there a lot, just seeing everything going on. I just I I, I think it's fantastic. Now
0: you know even as even if I may, even yeah. this late fifty five years later, sixty years later, you know the TV. And movies, it's still magic. People still flock to the movies. They still get excited when they meet a movie star. They they still, it, it's it's something to do with that that art form that people just can't get enough of it.
1: See, I think that's great. Now, I, I want to ask you, too, looking back, what was the toughest thing? You sort of alluded to this earlier about being a child actor with such fame.
0: The toughest thing? Yeah. Well, for me, the professional angle it was. I, it was really hard for me to cry, so I don't, I would always try to avoid parts that required crying because I was not a good crier. Some kids could cry at the drop of a hat. Uh For me, it came difficult for me to, to cry on command. I, I mean, I, I'm an emotional person. I'll cry at movies, and you know, I cry at sad things occur. But mm-hmm. for me to just turn on the waterworks, it was it was kind of tough. So I shied away from the emotional stuff. I, think, I usually played up. A kind of a bratty kid. I mean the monsters was one thing, but a lot of times I would play a tough guy and tough guys didn't cry so it was like I, I usually didn't have to cry. I remember one time I had to cry in the monkeys and they gave me some uh some um um capsules uh, oh god what were they cracked so it would make my tears so I, it was like an onion. <laughs> it was it would made it helped me cry. But the thing is um the the toughest thing probably um Let's see. That would probably be it, though. That's crying.
1: Yes, yeah, you could probably take lessons from my wife, because she can cry at the stop of a dime. We'll be watching a commercial. <laughs> a commercial. A 30-second yeah, commercial. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll look over. She'll have tears to me from your face. So I'm like, how do you turn it on so quickly? She should have been an actress.
0: <laughs> well, you know, and another and another thing, an extension of that question, is going back to school, kids by nature are just kind of, you know, it's, I wasn't bullied because I wasn't physically assaulted or anything like that. But you go back into a junior high school with 3,500 students of of all ethnic backgrounds and, and you, and you go in and everybody's curious to know what the guy from the Munsters is doing. And they kind of crowd around you and they would see the, 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 um, the, 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 the point of uh, the point of their interest, let's put it that way. Right. So you had a lot of trouble with kids not wanting to go to class because they would rather hang around the nutrition, uh, area and, uh, mm. see what Eddie Munster's up to. So what they did is they threw me out of school to eliminate the problem, <laughs> but I didn't want to go to private school. So I went back to school and, and weathered it. And, uh, survived it. And uh, that was probably the toughest thing for, for me, uh, outside of business, you know, in the real world was adjusting to all the kids wanting to, uh, you know, find out what it's all about and, and kind of like yeah. zingers and, and not, not physical abuse, but a lot of, a lot of, a lot of little snide remarks and stuff.
1: Yeah. See, I, I couldn't imagine what that would have been like. Now, yeah. uh, one thing, one thing that, that I really got a kick out of, uh, if I can bring this up is a lesser known fact about you is that you lived in a very special house with your grandmother in Macon, Missouri. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit more There's about a, that house? Fact, I, yeah. I,
0: I own that house now. I, um, I lived in it right after, that's funny. I was living with like grandmother in illinois before the monsters i left her and went to hollywood for two years and then when she came when i came back to visit her she had moved from a little tiny place to a great big huge house in missouri which i then stayed the third through the eighth grade and it was a haunted you know not a not a, like a fake haunted house but a real spiritual spirit spirit infested house hmm. uh a lot of stuff going on there so now it was built in a vortex i wound to buying the house a few years ago to save it from the wrecking ball and uh Restored it, but it's now up for sale again because honestly, um, I'm never there. And it just, the house really requires more work than I can do. So what I did is I got it prepped to be livable and the savings from the wrecking ball and made it ready for the right people to come in and take on the restoration. So that's what I'm doing.
1: Same I think it's wonderful. And you mentioned, you know, you're never there. It's like you're so busy. What keeps you busy these days?
0: Well, I bought the Munster Coach and Dracula, the two vehicles that were on the Munsters, which were like the coolest hot rods on television. It was like the first real family vehicles that we used. Uh, George Barris created these for the show before the Balkan Deal and all his other great creations. But I go around the country and I specialize in automotive events where we work with um, racetracks, uh, car dealers, um, uh, car shows to do media and publicity and put the cars on display to bring people out. To the event. And then while we're there, we do merchandise sales and post for photos and interact with the people.
1: So that's fantastic. Now, interesting, you also have a uh, coffee brand that we're actually giving away on this episode called Deadly Grounds Coffee. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Uh, I was at a a convention and a gentleman with Deadly Grounds was there uh, doing taste testing and he started talking to me about wanting to do a celebrity a roast and he was thinking about Linda Blair or uh, Elvira and I kind of stepped in I said well look I actually own a Dracula I live in a haunted house <laughs> yeah. deadly grounds you know we could do a commercial with me pulling up at the Munster Coast to get a coffee or this or that but I convinced him to make me a roast and what I do is he did and I've been now it's part of my inventory wherever I go we sell it on the website it's not in stores uh, it's, a, it's a small run but people love it it's really good stuff and um I've been, it's funny when I ran into you when I saw your cap, you know, online coffee break. I go, well, there's a small world. (laughs) (laughs) I have coffee and I want to be online.
1: (laughs) And it's great coffee. And we're just excited. So we want to get this out to our uh, listeners out there. So if you like coffee, Deadly Grounds Coffee. That website, I believe, is DeadlyGroundsCoffee.com. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, no. Well, no, you want to go to Munsters.com.
1: Munsters.com. That's right. Deadly
0: Deadly Grounds doesn't sell it. I'm uh, I'm a private label. One of the I mean Deadly Grounds, if you like my coffee, I mean you want to go to Deadly Grounds, feel free. They have like twelve really great roasts. Mm-hmm. But the Deadly Grounds Dracula Dark roast is only available through me.
1: Excellent. So the Dracula Dark Roast is available at Monsters And you liked it. Oh yes, it's delicious. No <laughs> <laughs> now, now <laughs> we, we talked about all the events you're going through. I was gonna say, what else is coming up for you in twenty nineteen?
0: Oh goodness. Well, um as I travel around the country on the ground, we're going to start Between the weekend deals that are already pre-booked, we have three to four days of travel time. So I want to start stopping along the way and find interesting Americana, small situations that uh, would be interesting for people and do a live stream video uh, show. On, on kind of like an American pickers with the cameras in the in the cab of the truck. Nice. But we want to stop and visit either something to do with veterans or Americana or maybe where some movies have been shot something interesting, maybe some haunted houses, maybe some ghost stories, something along the way that would uh, be interesting stuff to put out on the uh, live stream of the show that we want to do. I also have a friend in the in the big studio business, so the real the real network stuff that is developing a show. For me and Lou Ferrigno, because years and years and years ago when I first met Lou, I always thought it would be so funny. The movie Twins had just come out. Yeah. And I thought, wouldn't it be funny for me to do a show with Lou Ferrigno <laughs> where I hire him as my personal trainer?
1: Excellent. Because,
0: you know, he's the big green guy and I was the little green guy. hmm <laughs> And um, so Lou and I became friends like 25 years ago, and I finally found someone that thought it would be a good idea to develop a show, but what we're going to do is, uh, was, we're, I'm going to hire him as a personal trainer, but I'm going to be like uh, Richard Chompener living in Hollywood, ex child actor who hires Lou. Then during the training, Richmond, we notice that we have people notice that you guys have some similar characteristics. And we do one of those ancestry.com things and we find out that we're related somehow. <laughs> and the bottom line is, the bottom line is, he's health and fitness, I'm clean and sober. So between the two of us, we try to help the world achieve their goals. While uh, having a friendship that was uh, sort of born in Hollywood.
1: Wow, that I love that idea. Which that sounds fantastic. I cannot wait to hear more about that one. Wow. Well,
0: we have really good on. We have really good uh, uh, chemistry between us. We get along great. We're really good friends, and I think it'll transfer well. I think people will actually see that as a as a very funny interesting dynamic that, uh, that those two, would, You know, not only do we get along with the idea that we both have something to offer the world and that we're working together. I, th- I think I can see potential there. At wow. least the studio feels so.
1: Oh, that f- sounds fantastic. Well, Butch, I wish you the best of luck with that project. And again, I just want to thank, thank you, you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Thank you so much.
0: It's been out of this world.
1: Online Coffee Break. wow i really enjoyed my conversation with butch today hope you did too if you'd like to learn more about what he's up to just go to his website monsters.com i want to thank butch for joining us today i want to thank you for joining us today as well if you'd like to comment on today's topic just go to our website onlinecoffeebreak.com or give us a call at 317-862-4700 we'd also love it if you'd follow us on instagram at online coffee break and we'd appreciate it if you share this episode with your friends or rate us on itunes or your favorite podcast application Thank you so much for joining us today. See you next time. God bless.